another episode of the Agile Weekly Podcast. I'm Clayton Langlesigic. And I'm Roy Vandewater. And today we're going to be talking about the churn of revisiting decisions. And so, I guess by that, uh, what do we really mean, right? We mean team makes a decision about maybe how to implement something or some approach of solving some problem. And then maybe even after the fact, it gets, I guess, revisited or gets talked about again and kind of the impacts. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Uh, so an ex- example that um, that we actually both saw this week was a story uh, got demoed to the product owner, you know, kind of informally, and it got accepted. And after the story got accepted, and actually on the board physically moved over to done with the green pin and the whole nine yards, someone on the team kind of started objecting about, well, we really should have done it this way, and I think, you know, I wasn't involved in something, something, something. Um, you know, what, kind of what was the impact of that on the team, you think? I, it, it felt really odd because the, the team had made a decision to move, particular, uh, to move forward in a particular way. And I think we kind of have agreed, probably not explicitly, but kind of agreed as a team implicitly that if you're not there, then you're going to kind of abide by the team's decisions, right? And so it sounded like this person wasn't present when some decision was made. And then when they got back, the story had gotten accepted like well we could have done it this other way and the team's like okay yeah it could have gotten done this other way but it's done now so why would we spend more time on it like we delivered a value we set out to deliver and if it becomes a problem we can revisit that decision and so i see people revisit those kind of choices when they they make a decision based on the information they have at a certain time Mm -hmm. and then they get more information later and then they want to rehash it again and uh, I think maybe what you're getting at is, hey, we finished it, it's done, we delivered some value, uh, let's just move on. Do you think there's still room for, you know, learning new things or, you know, learning new information and, and fixing it or making it better? Okay, so there's absolutely room for learning new information, right? Learning new information is always better because it allows you to make bit better decisions moving forward. That's the whole reason why we have retrospectives. Um, I definitely think that, in, like like in this type of situation, where if it becomes a problem, we'll totally revisit it, and we might choose to solve it in a totally different way since we now have uh, newer information. But just because you have newer information, you have to be careful about whether or not the cost is um, the the cost is worth the the value that you're going to get out of it. So in this case, some feature was delivered, right? That that provides some value X. Now. That feature could be rebuilt in a way that either reduces technical debt or whatever, but if rebuilding it still only allows it to, de- to deliver value X, you now have two choices. One that has zero cost, which is leave it like it is, and one that has a significant cost, right? It's going to take some amount of time in order to build it, but delivers the same value. If you look at it from that perspective, it makes sense to go with the one that's got zero cost. Do you think that an argument can be made that... Um you know, it really doesn't have zero cost because now we know something new. And now that we know this new thing, uh, that changes how we would have done it. And we would do it so much better this time. You mean, is that the motivation you think that, that a lot of times decisions get revisited? I, I can understand why that would be a motivation for why a decision gets revisited. But I would say, like, great, you learned a whole bunch of new stuff. And that's going to be awesome in the features that we're building moving forward. So let's build those because we don't have a shortage of work to do. Nobody, nobody has that problem. People who have that problem don't have jobs anymore. <laughs> Do you think that some of this conversation comes back to like the simplest possible solution, where you're trying to do just the like the simplest, not maybe the most simplistic, but the simplest thing you can do, which is oftentimes very difficult to do the simplest thing, right. to deliver whatever that value is, um, 
And because that, sometimes when you're making those choices about what the simplest thing to do is, you maybe make trade-offs or maybe you don't get a sure. lot of consensus. I think, I think Derek's actually been, I don't know if he said it on the podcast before, but I know he's definitely said it to me in conversations before as, as, as saying like a team that is not creating any technical debt while they're moving forward is probably not a high-performing team because a high-performing team would be moving quickly and making the trade-off of sometimes um, accruing some technical debt that they know they'll have to pay off later uh, in exchange for increased performance. And that would be kind of the more like calculated debt, not the kind of big ball of Right, exactly. It's like the type of debt that an investor goes into, not the type of debt that a... Uh, you get from running up your credit card right, buying exactly. stuff. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, one of the things that's in the you know the core protocols that we like a lot, and we like to use Decider to make decisions as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk a lot about you know if if you have new information later, you basically support the best idea that exists yep. at the time, and you have to have the faith in your team that they're going to support the best idea. Right. So that you can always come back and make a new proposal to change things, but you would never revisit something. You'd always be doing it in the spirit of moving forward. Well, the commitments say you always support the best idea at the time, right? Regardless of where it came from. Or what it what it is, but while that's the case, you will also always continue to seek to improve that idea or find a better one. So if you find a better idea, great. But your situation changes as well. You're no longer in the same greenfield state at the end of the the course of the decision, right? Like in our example, you're no longer at that same state where you haven't built this feature yet. You now have something. So that changes the scope of your decision. You can't think of it in the exact same mindset as before you started it. And do you think that if you're using the, if you're using Decider because of the format of the Decider protocol and the way that it is basically uh, so structured to deliver that consensus, Mm -hmm. you never really are revisiting things because you're always making a new proposal to improve. Is that kind of what you're getting at, I guess? Yes, yeah, it is. But I have definitely found myself in certain cases with the Decider feeling myself a little bit conflicted because I felt like I had a better idea that goes completely against the previous Decider. And as part of accepting thumbs-upping or uh, flat-handing a decider, you promise not to sabotage the decision. And sometimes I feel like I'm sabotaging a decision when in reality I might just be proposing a better one. Like I'm not really sabotaging it because everybody else on the team has the opportunity to thumbs-down it, right? So I'm, I'm just presenting the team with an alternative choice. Hmm. Do you think that, like, I think everyone can probably think of somebody that they work with on their team that has a tendency maybe to revisit things or revisit decisions, especially ones that they were not part of. Um, do you think that's something that a team really should be concerned about? You know, mm-hmm. if, there, if there are people on the team that are always bringing up kind of the old decided stuff, should they not go, like, should they go out of their way to avoid making decisions until that person's there? No, I think, I think if you're, if, so I've been thinking about this because I've been experiencing something very similar. And I think what is important is that if you, if you are not present at the time decision is made and you come back and you have some additional information, you have the responsibility to disclose what you know. And then it is up to the team to choose whether or not to revisit that decision. I would say it would be good for like you to make a decision, me not to know about it, come back, find out, and then say, like, oh, Clayton, by the way, were you aware of this and give you some information? What would not be acceptable, though, is me pushing the agenda and the opinion I have. So I wouldn't be like, Clayton, you're doing it wrong. We need to do it this other way. Let's undo your decision and do it my way instead, right? Because that's a totally different message than here's some new information. What would you like to do with it? Yeah, I guess I feel like the reason that people, that there is churn around like revisiting decisions, or at least the intent, I think, most of the time is 
the people who want to revisit things aren't doing it just for the sake of like conversation or uh, they're genuinely curious about why the decision was made. A lot of times I think they think that there's some drastic, like the train's going to go off the tracks if I don't step in and tell them this new information. And so a lot of times I think that's why it's so difficult to have those conversations because it's not from necessarily like a rational, let's move things forward. It's from a, like, everything's going to fall apart unless you listen to me and we talk about all the reasons why we made that decision all over again. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a difficult situation to be in. I can understand that emotional um, need. And sometimes I think that may even be legit, like a legitimate thing, right? Like you might actually have mission critical information where you know the train is going to get derailed, but it's, it's really tricky on a personal level to make that determination. So do you think in, in the situation where there was something that was kind of extreme like that, I guess, uh, you know, would it be appropriate for a team member to come back and say, hey, I know that you guys decided without me, or even we decided that we were going to do this way, but I know this new information, X, Y, Z, I think we need to make an, we need to redecide. We need to revisit it. Yeah, it's almost like a, I don't know if it's like a revisiting decider, where it's like a, hey, here's some new information. I propose we revisit this decision. One, two, three, and then like you can just throw a decider on whether or not to. Well, like even if they weren't, the team wasn't trying to use the core protocols. I think in that sure. case, you would just make a new proposal. But for most teams that aren't using the core protocols, uh, it seems maybe it's a fine line between when it's appropriate to revisit it and when it isn't. I think if you have missing critical information and you bring it up and the rest of the team hears it and they don't say, oh, you're absolutely right, we did not consider that, let's, let's revisit this decision, then it's not important enough to revisit the decision, however important you think it might be, mm-hmm. right? I, I think you're going to have to lean on the knowledge of the team where if the entire team hears this piece of information and decides it's not important, it's not important. So I think another aspect of this whole thing is like the feedback loops, like how long or short they are. So in a situation where maybe, um, you know, maybe there's maybe like a more senior developer on the team that uh, has more experience using some technology and the team gets a story about doing something with that technology and nobody really knows how it works and maybe they don't implement it correctly or they make some bad choices about that. You know, I think the tendency of this more senior person is to come back and say, hey, you guys did it wrong. You really should have done it this way. But if you had a shorter feedback cycle, maybe if you're doing a one-week iteration, mm-hmm. would it be okay if you said, hey, you know what, I wasn't here, the decision we made to do it this way, it would be too much work to go back and totally change it, it's already almost done, let's finish it out, and then we can, maybe next week, or the next iteration, we could we could revisit it. I don't even think that's necessarily the right thing. I think it's more like... You should bring it up like, hey, I just so you guys know, like, this is how I would have done it. Like, I totally understand why you guys did it, but like, in the future when it's this type of thing, like, I have some best experience, and then uh, try to include me in the decision. Like, I'll do what I can to to be available for that. So you you're saying that you would in, like try and include yourself in future decisions about that thing, but not really worry about kind of like what's done is done. You're not really right. Worry it's kind of like a signaling thing where like just to, like I am offering myself as a uh, repository of information on the subject, right? Or like whether or not I actually know anything about it. And then giving, the, giving those people the, uh, the choice to, to use it. Okay. Um, as far as like minimizing the type of churn or uh, I guess on decisions that are being revisited, is that just a matter of stopping that behavior? Like should the team just not accept the fact that 
Or they shouldn't accept anyone revisiting things? Or does it make sense to have more of like a formal structure for making decisions so that everyone has like a framework for um, coming back to the team with new information? Well, I think as far as making decisions, site is a great way to go. So there's a structured framework right there, and it provides, like you mentioned, avenues for revisiting the decisions because you throw out a new proposal. So if you want a framework, it's there. I think the deep-rooted problem is if you have people that are continually not there, that, that to me signifies a huge problem. Like if you have a team that's working together on a commitment, they should be continually working together on a commitment, right? Like they should all be present and engaged most of the time. So I understand that there are some exceptions. I think that most teams that think they are the exception really are just making excuses and probably should be together more often. Okay, so a component would be just like the presence of everybody on the team like right. with each other? Right. Okay. Because if everybody's there, then you never have to worry about revisiting the decision. You might still gain new information, right? And that still needs to be brought up, but that new information is based off of a decision that the entire team made, right? So it's a little bit different because then it's not a, hey, I wasn't included and I want a part of this too. It's a, I was included. We made the best decision we made as a, time, as a, as a team and I was part of that. So I take as much responsibility as you guys for this decision, but we just found out something that forces us to revisit it. Do you think that a team that's working in like a scrum format where they have like a dedicated planning meeting in the beginning of the sprint, do you think that they could avoid some of this stuff if they spent more time trying to decide exactly how the implementation would work during the planning period versus being a little more vague at that time and then letting people figure it out as they go? I think that's totally up to the team, and that has to do with trust levels on the team. So I think a team that's initially forming needs to be very specific about uh, how they actually implement different things. That, that specificity is going to start building the trust and start building the the idea of like, this is the way our team does things, right? Like the team kind of gathers around this common culture of like, this is the way we solve problems. And then over time, as the trust builds, you can start to back off on the specificness because now everybody kind of knows the way the team does things. Like if I'm working with somebody I've worked with for two years, I can say something vague like we need to make a login page, right? But if I'm working or whatever the example is, right? But if I'm working with somebody that is, uh, that I've just met for the first time yesterday, we're gonna have to get a lot more specific. So kind of in conclusion, maybe revisiting things isn't always bad. You should always disclose information, like new information that you have to the Mm -hmm. team. Uh, Using deciders is a good way to make decisions so that you have a framework for making changes to those decisions, I guess. And maybe spending the appropriate amount of planning kind of based on how much the, the team has standards, I guess, for the work that they're doing. Sound about right? Yep. All right. I think that's it. So thanks for it. Thank you. Is there something you'd like to hear in a future episode? Head over to integramtech.com slash podcast where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Agile Weekly podcast is brought to you by Integram Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integramtech.com or subscribe on iTunes. Need help with your Agile transition? Have a question and need to phone a friend? Try calling the Agile Hotline. It's free. Call 866-244-8656.